Associated, the podcast making venture capital more accessible. I'm Petra, and today I'm joined by uh, my lovely co-host, Lois. Lois, how's it going? Hello, really good, thank you. I'm feeling very inspired by the springtime. Yeah, it's almost over, you know, I can, I can feel it. People are getting vaccinated, you know, friends have been posting their vaccine stamps on Instagram. I'm, I'm very hopeful. Oh gosh, that's amazing. Have you had yours yet? Uh, no, I have not. I think um, I don't think I'm probably getting mine until early summer. But you know, it seems like a very short amount of time considering, like the total amount of time we've been sitting around and waiting since March of last year. Yeah, you're right. It all feels very hopeful, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I'm actually really excited about our guest today um, because we've actually known each other for quite some time. Meow Hey from Luminous Ventures. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Great to be here. Um, very happy to be here. Hi, Petra. Hi, Louise. Hi, Meow. And you're in Cambridge right now. You'd mentioned before we started recording. Yeah, that's where I live. And I currently work remotely for Luminous Ventures. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pandemic and uh, people are getting used to doing it. Yeah. And I think it's a bit sort of full circle for you, right? Because you've, you studied there, um, you spent some time there before moving around the UK and then going to London and Israel. I mean, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've been up to since you were doing your PhD in genomics and bioinformatics? Yeah, Um, it is a long time, actually. And um, so I started my career in science uh, at Cambridge. And so I studied biology as an undergrad in China. Then I was really inspired by the advances of um, bringing in data approaches, um, analyzing data with computational methods and using, using that approach to understand biology. So I came to Cambridge and I particularly was inspired by the work that um, carried out the Sanger Institute. So they're one of the the leading genomic institutes. They are one of the largest contributor to the Human Genome Project. So a a big part of the Human Genome Project was done there. And I joined joined them at their PhD program focusing on how to use next generation sequencing data to understand bacteria, um, how they evolve, how they become more virulent, and how they transmit across different continents. So that was my PhD in genomics. And it was a time when um, I think Illumina bought Selexa, which is the Cambridge startup. Um, Selexa is a Cambridge startup founded by two professors uh, at the Department of Chemistry. And then that technology become really impactful, revolutionizing the field for genomic research, life science research. And um, so I was one of the, the first, uh, I guess, uh, as a PhD student, you you're, you just get to throw into with this new technology and, and wrestle with them and, and learn how to use them. And then after finishing my PhD, I felt that, okay, I'd like to actually uh, see how technology is translated in, in the real world. So I, I left academia, I went to work for Illumina, actually, in the Cambridge office. So I get to work with some of the people who were very early on with Alexa. And I was looking at cancer and how 
you can harness all the knowledge from genomes and cancer patients and um, help to manage cancer better um, because cancer is, although we, we used to think cancer is make one disease, but cancer is such a complex disease, it's not just uh, one form. So to better tackle them, you had to understand the differences between different cancers. And then I was working with uh, the treatment selection side and also the, the diagnostic side of cancer. So for example, you can use this new technology called liquid biopsy is that you can use the pieces of um, tumor DNA in the blood to diagnose cancer rather than take a tissue out from the patients, which is really painful. Um, so I was I was doing various projects at Lumina, um, also working a little bit externally with uh, different academic key opinion leaders who are, who are championing the use of technology in, in various diseases. And then Lumina was, in, um, was uh, transitioning from a technology provider to really making that technology impactful for clinical applications. So I saw that transition. It's the, you, know, you basically bring a technology into a new market. I, I thought that whole commercial operations, the strategy piece was very interesting. And that also, um, as I was inspired by some of the early members of Lexus, um, their experience, I thought, okay, I really want to be closer to startups to to really experience firsthand how you translate a technology to um, to impact real life. And then, so I looked around at what, what my next step could be. Then, the end in the end, I um, decided that I will um, learn business the the quickest way possible, <laughs> which is going to business school. So I I I did um. MBA at London Business School. Uh, I put in my application very, very late in their final round, um, but uh, was luckily it was accepted. And I decided I'll do that and I'll gain experience while consulting for different uh, healthcare companies like startups or um, organizations and maybe like nonprofit organizations. And then also gain experience as much as I can in venture as well. So that was like what I did during that two years in London. I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to work with um, a first in, in Israel. So there's a VC called Al Proud. They're one of the active, most active VCs in Israel. They invest in uh, different sectors, but I was mainly looking at agricultural and food technologies. It's like it's a very, very exciting space, and also Israel is is quite, is quite a leader in, in that space. And also, I was uh, uh, doing some, uh, some MBA kind of consulting work for, for a startup called Ori Biotech. Um, they have a new technology for improving the manufacturing of cell and gene therapies. So cell and gene therapies are um, the next useful weapon against a lot of diseases, but it, it's very different. It's very complex to manufacture them. And um, so me me and, and, and some other students in my year, we worked together um, just alongside uh, at uh, the management team of that startup. And they raised a Series A financing. Um, I think it was just early this year, 30 million Series A. So, so I, yeah, I was happy I kind of helped a little in that way. And then, so then after all that experience, I, of course, I, I really wanted to get into venture. Just, um, I think it's a, it's just natural for me to, to that's, that's the one, one place I want to go. And then, so I looked around and then in the end, um, met uh, Max Nazi at Luminous Ventures. I started there as a part-time um, intern while I was doing the MBA, finishing the MBA, and then joined them full-time. 
So that was uh, late last uh, summer, summer last year. So I was offered a full-time role to join them. And uh, so that really gave me the uh, the opportunity to to be back in the UK and then um, learn, I think also see all the the exciting signs happen here in UK, Europe, and also um, in the US and in North America as well. And uh, combine my my passion for science and uh, business together here. Wow, that's amazing! That's amazing, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you what um, what was it that attracted you to Luminous, and what attracted Luminous to you? Like, clearly, you have a wealth of experience in some really really important areas. Was there anything in particular that that Luminous wanted you to join for? Um, I really like Luminous in that. So first of all, it's the people. Um, I really like the team. Um, uh, so we're we're a very diverse team. So Isabel Fox, one of our general partners, she's a she's a female GP, and um, I think we sit at an inter- intersection between there is a traditional biotech, life science ventures, and you invest in therapeutics, drugs, and really hard science. And then now with um, the new um, capability in, for example, AI, in computation, in data analytics. Healthcare industry is also experiencing a change. And there are a lot of opportunities in that space by combining the two. So we are very interested in and also supportive of, of these kind of technologies. And we see that as the future. So it's the big human health thesis uh, that also I think fits with my my background. Health is actually quite quite a broad space, but I can understand. I think also a little bit of the the pharma side, but also the the different life science technologies that enable research, and also what you can use uh, biological approaches for different industries, whether it's uh, creating new food that are sustainable to the environment, or you create new materials that have really high um, properties. Um, so it's the yeah it's the people and the, and the thesis that 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 really draw me here. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just occurred to me that we haven't actually explained luminous in much detail. Do you want to give us the the quick summary of what the thesis is and what luminous invests in? Mm. Yeah, luminous has been around for I think independently since twenty eighteen. Uh, we invested in about twenty. A 27 companies so far in our portfolio. So we are early stage. We see um, based in London, we invest in deep tech or deep science focused companies. Um, so companies with in- innovative technologies. And uh, we are more focused on the seed, uh, late seed stage. So seed plus would be our sweet spot. And uh, geographically, we're more focusing on um, UK and Europe. And also we invest in North America as well. We're very interested in human health. We believe that is a very impactful um, and also sector that um, would continually to be needed and would drive good returns. And uh, so, so I think we, we, we invest probably is it 70 or to 80% into health, uh, human health that ca- cover life science, healthcare, food and um, agriculture and nutrition. And then we also invest in uh, frontier. We call it frontier technology or enabling technologies that could be applied to to many sectors. For example, how do you better deploy 
AI um, on the edge. For they create a network of AI so that uh, the devices, the, the smart devices in the future, could talk to them, communicate within themselves. Because you can't just have one device has to communicate with, with all the environment and other devices around around them. So um, also, so that that's an example of the frontier technologies. So we also invest in um, quantum computing. So Universal Quantum is uh, one is also one of the company within that bucket. Got it. Wow. I mean, it sounds very intense and very very complicated. But something that I've I've seen more and more recently is sort of almost reskilling people from a strong thematic or scientific background into VCs. So I think a fund in the U.S. called 50 Years is like recently did a specific call out for PhDs to go through this like venture crash course because getting sector specific knowledge on due diligence is so important. Were Luminous specifically looking for someone with, you know, your kind of scientific background? So I guess scientist first, mm -hmm. then, then VC, I guess. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I don't know whether they were looking for. Um, I, I think VCs, they're different firms and have different um, preferences or strategies or how they want to build a team. And um, I think so. So for for people with different experiences, well, that actually there there are many people with different experiences who end up working in VC. I think it's it's more about what you bring, contribute to the team, and then. Through my experience, that what I felt like it's useful for me being a VC, I think definitely understanding that I think understanding the problem, understanding the technologies that the entrepreneurs are trying to build, um, and also I think knowing where they come from, or like a lot of the academic uh, founders, you you would know because you work in academia, um, how, what kind of um, transition they went through uh, or what inspired them to do certain things and then have an understanding about um, the the challenges that they want to address and all the challenges when they want to build a product they what what kind of um, route they have to go through uh, for about I think it's um, about having more scientists than, or like people with the technical backgrounds in VCs I I do feel similarly I've seen for example, uh, flagship pioneering, they always have this uh, fellowship program where they recruit PhD students to work on the actually the science part of the venture. So it's um, more like the really, really the, the, the starting point of a venture is you start with an idea or you start with um, an understanding of a certain area and then test hypothesis, I think scientific hypothesis and then see if that could become a business. And um, so uh, Flagship Pioneering is one of these um, leading venture building firms in um, in Biotech. So I think, yeah, I think it's also about maybe uh, bringing in your industry knowledge and um, the contacts you have in industry. Um, so a lot of the, I think, deep tech companies uh, go through this uh, stage of um, finding product market fit, um, where it's a development phase where you're not, but you're not developing a product on, on your own. It's you have to work with other partners to to find the right niche and the right market for you. So it's this, I think that maybe it's, it's, maybe it's a phase where you work with a big pharma 
or, or other um, corporates to find that uh, POC stage um, and to, to discover what works and then maybe um, decide where do you pivot and then also which which market you want to go to. So I think, so that stage, a um, lot of understanding about the, uh, yeah, so, so understanding about the, the corporates and how the projects and the development cycles work there and also have the have the people maybe can can point to or talk to and get ideas or uh, potential buying would be something that's I think useful um, from from the experience I've, I've seen so far and and the companies I work with. Just touching on the other aspect of uh, the experience that you've got, so moving on from the PhD then the MBA that you did, how important do you think that experience was to Luminous taking you on and so. You know, obviously, you've got this incredible experience in biology, and that informs your view of human health, which is mm. super useful. Mm. Um, I'm just curious about, you know, the MBA. Do you think was that another essential part of mm. your makeup? Mm. I think it's it's really helpful for me. I really loved it and learned a lot and made great uh, friends and met many inspiring people from yeah professors to peers um, and also alumni. And I think for me, because I was unfamiliar with the world of business, I guess, and I've seen it from the technology angle, but I haven't seen it from the other angle. So I went there just have a, a quick, um, I think for me, it's like a crash course to get the complementary skill set. Um, but I think for other people who have, have a technical background, but worked um, in their consulting or, or investment bank, you could have that commercial training in a different way, I think through a different, uh, uh, through a different approach. And yeah, I think for me, yeah, I really enjoy that experience. And I think it would take me, I, I, yeah, I would feel that it would take me longer to figure out my way that I, oh, how do I get into a venture if I didn't do the MBA? Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess like doing an MBA is not uncommon for people that are looking to get into venture. We've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but not not in particular detail. I just wondered from your perspective, you clearly found it really valuable. Is there something or maybe a couple of things that you got or learned from the MBA that you think are like really essential to the role that you do now? Mm. So, there, yeah, there, there are a few things um, that are essential, I think. Of course, the I think the basic, the, the probably funny thing is uh, not the boring part, but uh, of course, the how do you understand um, like, uh, like um, the financial statements and all the basics of finance accounting? That's of course essential, but it's not that's that's not something that, you don't get up every day just because you want to understand financial statements. But I think um, what. You don't? <laughs> No, it's it. I mean, it's not. It's not the financial statement itself. It's but it's but the story it tells about the company, and that that's really interesting. So, so the, the so that's the basic. But then the other stuff, I think, are really really essential is, of course, how do you um, understand an industry the quickest way possible? How do you research a market? Um, how do you um, like understand key challenges of an industry, and also um, kind of learn to to evaluate. The different players in the industry, um, and um, 
Yeah, I think because it's so so healthcare in itself is broad, and then there are other adjacent sectors that you would always want to understand. And of course, and everything moves so very fast as well. For example, like the if you look at the just the data um, and the, the management of data, um, and and then this, so there's an intersection between data management and and then healthcare space. How do you um, use maybe whether it's build a SaaS platforms for managing healthcare data, or you have novel I think business models about allowing people to share data because so much value could be driven out by being able to cleverly use those data. So I think yeah, it's being informed about these industry and, and learn how to um, research them quickly. And the third thing is I think it's definitely about the the context whether it's peers or people who have, um, have have done similar things or have similar aspirations and then people you can learn from and then maybe open doors for you. And uh, yeah, the people I meet at a business school, they're always very, very happy to help. And um, I think, yeah, I think the last thing I say is, of course, the more like the technical part is probably just uh, just the method you do. You do company valuation. How do you you model the I think model cap table. So all the I think the the financial modeling part that that's all that's all very useful. And I'm guessing, especially pertaining to the stages of companies that you're looking at um, at Luminous now, those skill sets that those kind of hard technical skills that you learned at LBS are probably quite valuable in terms of the the age of the companies that you look at. And within the MBA program, you also, that was during the time that you were also at our crowd. Is that correct? So you took some time out uh, to go to Israel. How does that build into the MBA experience and how were you selected um, for uh, the, was it an internship or uh, for the internship with, with our crowd? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. I was in Israel uh, for three months during summer of 2019. Actually, that's the first time uh, we talk on the phone. I think the right. first time we talked yeah. on the phone, I was actually in Israel. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, now come to think of it, it's it's actually surreal that I actually was living in Tel Aviv. Now it seems everything is virtual, and I just feel like oh, actually, I was actually there. So the I think how I in the end ended up working there was serendipitous. I knew I wanted to work in either either in startup or venture that's kind of in the healthcare space. And um, I just applied to everywhere I could find. And um, there was an agency that helps to place MBA students with um, either startups or venture um, firms in Israel. And the agency, I think it's based in the U.S., but the agency posted some jobs in my school's um, career site. And I saw some of the, I think it was some medical startups they were advertising um, worlds for. And I applied to those. To those um, and then the, the people at the agency remembered my profile. And then when they came across other healthcare-focused roles at our crowd, they asked me whether I was interested um, so then, so I had interviews and um, and I just got, got offered to be there for the summer. And then that was my first uh, work experience in venture. Um, so in the end, I, yeah, I was, I supported um, a deal in kind of machine vision AI for, in, in the security space, like writing investment memos for that. And then 
there was also a, a good experience in that they they have other um, interns from other business schools. Um, so we had so th that that agency actually have a cohort of about twenty people working in various organizations in Israel. So we were we were mostly in Tel Aviv. So it's uh, some of some of them are working in fintech startups. Some of us in, in venture and in, in various accelerator and. So we all, yeah, like was it was possible for us to learn from each other. So then, uh, yeah, I also get to see the the agricultural food side from in Israel, which was really exciting. And um, yeah, I wrote a report for that industry, and um, yeah, I felt felt it was a very enjoyable summer. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. And being in in Tel Aviv, I mean, must have been pretty amazing. And and I guess the experience there and the companies that you were looking at lent themselves well to your background because what you were doing was so data heavy, numbers driven and, and very technical and looking at, you know, companies in Israel that are sort of, I guess, renowned to be very heavily data driven was a great match for you then, especially in the deep tech and also agricultural space. Mm, yeah, there are a lot of deep tech startups there. The 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 entrepreneurs there, some of them are very well technically trained. And then the hypothesis about the the Israeli culture about young people, they work in the military for a while and then they could be doing various tasks in the military. Some of them work in the very high level intelligence units and then a lot of them are great uh, training for leadership and then a lot of these um, people and young people end up being very successful entrepreneurs. They, they, yeah, so they have great vision and um, great execution skills and also um, very in like uh, technical minded as well. Mm. Mm. And just to go back quickly to a couple of points that you've made about data, it occurred to me when you were talking at the beginning about your PhD and how you were inspired by using sequencing data and, and things like that to understand bacteria, there must be parallels to be drawn into VC and using data to, I don't know, whether it's identify trends or assess companies and stuff like that. Do you find that? And are there other parallels between your academic career and what you're doing now? Mm, yeah, I think there is definitely um, a lot more to to draw from using data, making decisions, and also uh, helping you source better deals. So it's a project that we we, we actually looked at this at uh, Luminous. I think with with all data projects, in the end, how much you get out is is a function of how much you put in as well, because you need really the amount and the quality of data to build your system before you can drive meaningful insights from them. And then, so I think I see this as a, a long evolving effort. And so I did a project that's like a, um, like a small scale project in that, oh, how do we make better decisions about where to focus on our efforts for sourcing, knowing that these are based on the existing data of companies who have successfully raised big rounds, maybe series A, B, C in Europe, and knowing the data like this, how that that inform us on where to focus our energy and into sourcing deals in Europe. So it's like a small scale project. I did that intensely for two weeks. But then on the other hand, for example, if you could gather, I guess, a lot more data from 
um, companies who have been successful, and then you have to, I think, decide on which metrics to 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 evaluate to evaluate on. And some of the metrics could be very subjective, and I guess hard to pin down. That's, like, for example, how do you evaluate the quality of the management or the quality of the team into metrics? It's it's actually actually uh, tricky to think about. I think yeah, it's tricky to implement them in a way that that are not giving you any bias, I think, for now. Um, so that's a, a longer-term effort. And um, so the, the, if you look about, I think, where data or AI has been really impactful in terms of industries, um, in fintech and um, uh, e-commerce and retail, they have been really impactful and really driving uh, results. I think I've seen uh, some re- results uh, or reports saying that... Um, Forty percent of, of management have 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 experienced um, improvements or, or the impact from data projects. Uh, yeah, so it, it could be forty or I think maybe thirty who have experienced significant help. So and that's because some some of these industries in fintech or e-commerce, the data format are relatively simple. And then if you think you have maybe trading data, and then that's a more clean data structure, whereas in healthcare, a lot of data are more unstructured. Yeah, if you think about how researchers write their notes, it could be the units could be different, and then how doctors write their notes, they have their own shorthands and and all these a lot of unstructured data about drugs, about molecules, and how they're written. They all form this complexity. So, I think that is is an immediate challenge that prevents us from embracing the data methods immediately. But I think we're gonna get there. Um, it's only going to get better. There, there are a lot more tools now helping organizations to get grips with unstructured data and how we work with them. So, yeah, I'm very, very optimistic about, about this field. Yeah, definitely a long way to go with data in venture, but some really impressive strides made in the last few years, I think. And I'm sure you're right. Um, and what about for you personally? Like, what do you think the future in VC holds for you, you your time at? But Luminous has obviously been really fruitful and, and it seems like kind of in your element in that space. But I'm just curious, you know, you also seem to be someone who's really hungry to do more and learn more. What do you think the future holds for you? Wow, I never thought about that. <laughs> um, I, yeah, currently I'm just really enjoying my role and um, really enjoying working with entrepreneurs, seeing the frontiers of science and there's so much exciting um, science happening every day and of, of course during the COVID time we've seen how we get to vaccine like a, the first mRNA vaccine for humans in record speed and and um, and we I think the the last year in terms of FDA drug approvals it's one of the record and then biotech uh, healthcare investing set a record last year as well it's just um, being in this industry, yeah, it feel like I'm in a in a place that I really want to work the rest of my life. Um, and in terms of my, I think future in so in venture, continually definitely looking forward to working with more entrepreneurs in different areas of science. Um, I think, for example, there 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 are some areas I'm particularly excited about. I think one is um like technologies that um, could improve uh, whether it's manufacturing or, or delivery of uh, therapies for patients. So, so I was talking about these cell and gene therapies. They're very complex and then there are lots of challenges to be solved there. 
Um, so we, we, we recently invest in a company that um, have a platform technology that helps the, the vitality of T-cells. And so there are new technologies that help give these T-cells superpowers and make them kill cancer cells. And um, so definitely that's one area I'm very interested in. And then there are the te- technology and life sciences for increasing the resolution of uh, what we can see, whether it's um, better resolution in understanding the biological systems. For example, probably before before you, you're able to know whether this tissue has certain genes expressed, but now you can see it down to the single cell level. You can also see it like subcellular within the cell, what is happening. So that really gave researchers more uh, tools to understand biology. Um, and hopefully, hopefully I can keep working in venture and then work with some exciting companies and bring some technologies to market. That's what, what I hope for myself in the next seven years. Nice. That sounds like an amazing plan. I mean, it, you know, for scientists that are listening and are thinking of, you know, actually, I'm really interested in VC and I, I'd love to be closer to new technologies. What's the advice that you would give them in breaking into the industry? Um, I think, yeah, one thing is just to to be where it excites you. There are, I think, a lot more resources just, just from either reaching out to, to talk to people or from blog posts. Um, and there are a lot of books on entrepreneurship in, in biotech. So if you want to learn about, I think, commercial side and then the business side of science, there are many um, ways that you can go about it. And then just pay attention to, I think, the, the entrepreneur um, societies or the entrepreneur circles around you. I think a lot of universities, they always have technology transfer offices and they, they have societies for entrepreneurs. Um, and then there are a lot of entrepreneur-minded uh, scientists and then be close to them and then s- see what excites you um, and then you will be able to broaden your network to maybe uh, gain, gain some work experience in some of these startups and also that gives you interesting I think insight into what new companies are out there that are um, potentially could be um, very uh, game-changing and reach out to people um, who work in closer with venture. And then if you can always demonstrate that you, like, you're really excited about this field, that you, you have a passion about technology and you have passion for working with entrepreneurs, and then you could bring uh, novel insights into um, the field that you look at. And then maybe I'll partner some companies that they don't know yet, uh, which are exciting. Then uh, I think that's a good start. So, yeah, I I think that's really good advice to be specific to maybe scientists. If you had one piece of advice more generally for people who are looking to get into VC and maybe to find funds that are hiring, for example, what what might that be? I think it's develop your own opinion and thesis about the space. And um, this could come from your... Uh, understanding of the um, the technology or the industry that could come from the field you studied or it could come from pure just uh, passion and a love about something you feel it's very important and will be impactful. And then I would say write blogs or write articles about it. And the more you write, I think the more you read, the more you talk to people, 
the more knowledgeable you will be about certain field. And then, and I think in the end, the great investors are the ones who are probably have better insights or, or see further um, along into the future. And that is how I've, I've, I believe um, that I, I should all, all also strive for. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 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 really um, helpful and 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 insightful. It kind of converges with what we had been um, posting and kind of discussing about, and you know, amongst us about how you can actually build your own personal brand before applying into to VC and you know, writing blogs and showing tangible interest and also experience and knowledge in in your industry or sector. Um, or area of interest, such as writing blogs, I think is a great plan forward to, you know, leverage your your candidacy for for different roles. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to discuss, Mia, or anything that you wanted to bring up that we might have missed? Um, I think I really like that. I think we have this um, podcast and it's just platform to talk more broadly about where the um, the VC space is evolving, but also how do we make it more accessible to people from different backgrounds? Uh, and I, I've seen more and more people with different experiences or different backgrounds um, ended up working in VC. And and I, I think that um, it is a really great, great thing. That's great. Well, really, really glad to hear that. And yeah, I think, you know, diversity extends beyond the obvious, right? It goes into where we come from and, and where we've worked before and where, where our interests are. So, um, I mean, I think that's why we're so keen on kind of having you come and sort of share your experiences with us because you have such a unique path into venture. And I think that what you've worked on so far not only is super meaningful to like us as human beings, but also I hope it inspires people who are studying right now who are deciding on what they want to do next, if they kind of want to go down the research or academia route to also think about venture. Because during the due diligence process, we rely so heavily on on subject matter experts, especially if you know, we're, we're a generalist fund. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I think another thing um, I think I want to add is that uh, still need to keep learning being being in VC or just investing in general. It's it's a very humbling experience um, that you meet many exceptional individuals. And then because it's so hard to build a business, especially if you if you have this like, technology that you don't actually know what could be um, applied to. And then it's a hard journey to figure it out and you need all the help you can get. And then so the more resource you, you could um, command, whether that's from your knowledge or your contacts um, about the technology or the building the business um, and also the people that you can work with, the more it's going to help. Um, and um, yeah, that's, that's what I was want to say. Awesome. Great. And how can people get in touch with you? Say that we have an amazing um, deep tech founder listening right now and um, he or she would like to send you a pitch deck. How can they reach you? Mm. So my email is miao, uh, that's M-I-A-O at luminous.vc. And you can also reach, reach out to me on LinkedIn. 
um, just just add me, connect, and, and send send mails on LinkedIn. Great, amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I did not know it was possible for one person to know so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was so good. You definitely have a different frame of mind, I suppose. Like the answers that you gave were definitely in a slightly different um, sphere to some of the others. But I think that's really good. I think it just Mm -hmm. proves exactly what you just said, that it's so important to have people with different backgrounds, not just different, you know, spheres of knowledge, but even just ways of thinking about things. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really great. And thank you so much for tuning into Associated. Remember, you can get updates on the latest guests that we're going to have on and episodes over on Twitter. We're at associated underscore pod. And if you have any feedback for us or you'd like to be on the show, you can email us at associatedpodcast at gmail.com. Until next week, please do subscribe, leave us a rating wherever you listen to these podcasts. And we look forward to seeing you again. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 